Fed up locals are setting electric scooters on fire and burying them at sea. Well, I don't know if, if your community has these electric scooters that I think they're talking about, but we got these things in L.A. called Birds. They're little electric scooters. Uh, they're very cheap to ride around, and they're everywhere, and everyone's riding them around. There's another company that offers them, too. I can't remember the name, but they're really blowing up out here in L.A. I don't know where, if it's happening in your community, but these little electric scooters, and, and I got to say, the other night, I really thought they'd go too fast. I really did. Not because I was on one, but I was on the sidewalk, just chilling, sitting there, and one this, this guy rode by in one of these scooters so fast on the sidewalk, I thought to myself, if he hits somebody, they're, they're dead. They're, they're friggin' dead. Another friend of mine broke his hand on one of these things because he was drunk, and, and he flipped over, put his hands out on the concrete, and just broke his hand. These things are dangerous, is my point. And uh, no one's wearing helmets, by the way. You just jump on and go. Nobody's wearing a helmet. And I'd imagine, as this article says, locals are sick of it. They're sick of these scooters everywhere. Not only do they just fly way too fast down the sidewalk, which is dangerous, and could hit your dog or you as a pedestrian, but they also leave these scooters. They're everywhere. You walk outside, especially on the west side of L.A., like out near Venice and Santa Monica. These, there's just scooters just sitting everywhere. You just drop them off wherever you're done. You just leave them on the sidewalk, leave them on the grass. You just leave them where they... There's no stand to put them in. There's no, like headquarters where you bring the scooter when you're done. No, you just leave it there, wherever it is. It could be at a park. You could leave it in a parking lot. You could leave it next to a 7-Eleven. You could leave it on the sidewalk, on somebody's lawn, on the grass. I mean, they're everywhere out here. And the locals are fed up. I would imagine, yeah, I own a home out there in Venice, and then I wake up in the morning, and there's six of these scooters just sitting on my lawn. I'd be pissed off, too. So the fed up locals are setting electric scooters on fire, chucking them into the sea. I think that's funny. They've been crammed into toilets, tossed off balconies, set on fire. They've been adorned with dangling bags of dog shit. As cities like Santa Monica and Beverly Hills struggle to control a rapid proliferation, how do you like that one? Proliferation. Got it. Nailed it, Jonesy. Of electric pay per minute scooters, some residents are taking matters into their own hands and waging a guerrilla war against these devices. These vandals are destroying and desecrating the vehicles in disturbingly imaginative ways and celebrating their illegal deeds on social media in full, in full view of authorities and the public. Yes, yeah, someone in fact was telling me about an Instagram uh, account that just someone just destroys these scooters. And I need to research that and follow that account because I think this is hilarious. They throw them everywhere, in the ocean, in the sand, in the trash cans says a Venice Beach maintenance worker who regularly comes across scooter parts on the Venice Beach boardwalk. Sunday, I was finding kickstands everywhere. Looked like they had been snapped off. <laughs> the vandalism echoes a rash of pellet gun attacks on so-called Google buses in the Bay Area and appears to be motivated in part by resentment over the increasing presence of tech corporations along the Southern California coast. What's this all about? Oh, this is a totally separate story that they weaved into this one about Google buses. That's not what I want here. Unbelievable. Let's get back into the scooters. Hailed as a cheap, clean energy solution to urban gridlock when they first arrived in Los Angeles a year ago, Bird Scooters and the other companies called Lime Scooters, they now find themselves on the receiving end of a public and bureaucratic backlash, especially on the west side of Los Angeles, where they've established... A buzzing omnipresence. Yeah, as I said, they're everywhere over there in Venice and Santa Monica. Ma Vesta, Culver City, kid. Yep, the number of scooters on city streets are out of control. They're trying to get some regulations. Beverly Hills officials ordered them banned for six months. 
Los Angeles City Councilman asked officials last week to take all available measures to outlaw the scooters within the city. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, I don't think they're going to be outlawed, but perhaps a limitation on the number of scooters? I don't know what you do about that. I mean, you can't ban them. Um, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a, a good idea to ban them completely. I think it's kind of a good idea to have these things. I kind of dig them. I just think there's got to be a, a way to corral them and get it under control a little bit. Uh, whether that can happen through bureaucracy, I don't know. I'm, I never really have faith in bureaucracy. What is that quote that I love? There are no political solutions, only technological solutions. The rest is propaganda. That's what they say. Uh, Dockless scooters is the order of the day on Instagram's... Here's the account name in case you guys want to want to follow it. Bird Graveyard is the name of the Instagram account whose contributors relish publishing photos and videos of scooters that have been set on fire, tossed into, cana- into canals, smeared with dog shit, and broken into pieces. The account has more than 25,000 followers. <laughs> more than 100 videos of scooters being defaced are submitted to the account each day. <laughs> bird representatives were reluctant to discuss the phenomenon, but urged people to report incidents of birds being defaced. I love how they use the word defaced. We, we do not support the vandalism or the destruction of any property, and we're disappointed that it takes place, in fact, said Bird spokesman. Nor do we support the encouragement, celebration, or normalization of this behavior. It's unclear exactly how many scooters are being sabotaged on local streets, Streets, Bird declined to say how many of its, of its scooters have been maimed. Wow. A representative from Lyme said less than 1% of its scooters have been vandalized nationwide. A mechanic who does repairs for Bird in Venice said he sees a lot of scooters with cut power cables and smashed brakes. He only fixes a few each week, but said his friends who also are Bird mechanics, all independent contractors making around $15 per repair, fix dozens of scooters each day. Oh, man, maybe I need to go into the scooter repair business. <laughs> maybe that's how I'll pay my bills, because <laughs> nothing else seems to be working. This comedy game isn't working. <laughs> Other people in the community just, just flat out hate birds. They're like, I hate birds more than anyone, this guy says. More than anyone? They suck. People who ride them suck. What did, what did they interview, a 14-year-old? I hate birds more than anyone. They suck. People that ride them suck. He loathes... The scooters so much that he waged what he calls an an insurgency against them. He throws them into trash cans on Abbott Kinney Boulevard and down Culver City stairs. He even designed a t-shirt of a chick perched on a scooter being shot in the head. Many of his anti-scooter antics have been featured on the Bird Graveyard account. (laughs) Where does all of this scooter scorn come from? Well, you know, you can imagine... You can imagine. It's an urban environment. Everybody's living close together. This would never fly in New York City, I'll tell you right now. These things would be blown up all over the place. Well, I don't know. What do you guys think of these electric scooters in the community uh, all over the place? I am, uh, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm pro-scooter. I just think we need to get it under control a little bit. But what do you guys think? Hey, by the way, call into Weird AF News. You know the number, 646-450-2012. Love to hear from you. Jonesy out. A guy steals a plane and then tells air traffic control, Hey, don't worry about it. I've played some video games. I know how to work this thing. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Stacy Coogan for sending me this article. She's one of my fans. One of the fans of Weird AF News who often send in great articles, and I thank you all for doing that. If you want to do that, you can email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. That's pretty cool. Please send me weird shit like this. Incredible maneuvers by an airline ground agent who stole a plane. 
Now, this is basically a baggage guy decides, I'm going to steal a plane. (laughs) And I know how to ride it because, or I should say, I know how to drive it because I've played video games before. I just love when people just step outside their boundaries and try to attain uh, the miraculous. I think it's great. Shortly after he stole an airplane from his employer, this happened on Friday night, Horizon Air ground service agent Richard Russell barreled down a runway, took off, and flew the two-engine turboprop above the Puget Sound, flying in dramatic loops before crashing in a wooded area of a nearby island. Yes, this is around the Seattle area. Steals a little tiny plane. It's one of those small ones, okay? He's like, I'm tired of being a baggage guy. I should be able to drive one of those things. He told us, he told a coworker, he's like, hey, Eddie, I, I should be able to drive one of those things. Eddie's like, yo, Russell, you know, you need to get a pilot's license. You need to go through some training. He's like, nah, bro. I played some video games. I'm ready for this shit. <laughs> and then just jumps in and takes off. This guy's my hero, basically. I would never have the balls to do something like this. I mean, <laughs> this is like amazing. Airline executives said they aren't sure whether the 29-year-old who was hired by the Alaska Air Group had formal flight training. Russell, who died in the crash, did not appear to have a pilot's license. Yeah, this is all clear. Yeah, this guy wasn't supposed to be flying planes. This is what's happening here. I didn't realize he died until I read that sentence. That's pretty sad. Um, There were some maneuvers that were done by this man that were incredible maneuvers, said an employee. I don't know how he achieved the experience that he did. Uh, Well, obviously video games. I mean, you can do everything with video games, (laughs) right? (laughs) The incident at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport has exposed blind spots in aviation security and safety. Yeah, well, when a baggage guy can just jump and steal a plane, I mean, that's pretty... That's a, that's a blind spot in your security. And it's challenges in screening employees and addressing potential mental health problems. The U.S. National Transport Safety Bureau is reviewing the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder from the wreckage, which will provide more insight into what happened on board on Friday. Russell was part of a team of ground service workers whose duties included loading and unloading baggage, tidying the planes, and towing. After he was airborne, air traffic controllers were calm and patient as they tried to keep Russell away from populated areas and arriving planes. They're like, yeah, please keep going towards that island, sir. Please crash into those woods. That's what you should do. Mm, It's unfortunate he died. There is some hilarious things that he was saying before he he met his doom. um, And a lot of it has been posted on this one little article that I found. Some of the things that he said, uh, air traffic controller was like, uh, trying to get him to uh, <laughs> to, to uh, do certain things to keep the plane steady. And then he says, yeah, that's all mumbo jumbo. I have no idea what all that means, what you're telling me. I wouldn't know how to punch it in. I'm off. I'm off autopilot. <laughs> Air traffic controller says, uh, I'm, I'm keeping you away from aircraft that are trying to land at sea. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to screw with that. I don't know. I, I'm glad you're not screwing up every everyone else's day on account of me. <laughs> Hold on. The controller says stuff about how much fuel he has. He's like, yeah, I got this under control. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the burn, the burnout is like a, on takeoff, but yeah, it's burned quite a bit faster than I expected. I guess he's referring to the fuel. Hold on. Let me pause this because I got to get this under control. Oh, yeah, here's a great one. Uh, Air traffic controller says, we're just trying to find a safe place for you to land. 
And he says, yeah, I'm not, not quite ready to bring it down just yet, <laughs> but holy smokes, I've got to stop looking at the fuel because it's really going down quick. <laughs> oh, man. Then air traffic controller says, if you could, could you start a left-hand turn and we'll take you down to the southeast for a landing, please? I love how they said please. Sir, could you just please uh, not uh, just stop stealing planes? Uh, and then he, he responds, his response is, this is probably like jail time for life for me, huh? I mean, I would hope it is for a guy like me. <laughs> Air traffic controller says, well, we're not going to worry or think about that at the moment, but could you please make a left-hand turn, please? <laughs> uh, then they're like, Air traffic controller says, this is the kicker. They say, apparently a grounds crewman with Horizon, I uh I guess right now is flying around and just needs some help controlling his aircraft. Something like that. I don't know what that means. But then he just right he just says, "Nah, I mean, I don't need that much help. I've played some video games before." <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Immediately after that, he confesses that he's uh I'm a little lightheaded. <laughs> This is all so alarming. Can you imagine being air traffic controller and this guy's reporting all this stuff to you? I would just be losing my mind. <laughs> like, uh, and apparently they sent some fighter jets after him just to make sure that, uh, you know, in case he was heading towards a populated area, they could just, I guess, blow him up with rockets. I don't know what that was all about, but the military apparently got involved. I don't know. This is a crazy story. There's so much to it. You should Google it. And uh, I want to thank <laughs> Stacy for sending this to me. Okay, Jonesy, Weird AF News. A man has grieved at the wrong gravestone over his daughter for 30 years due to a misplaced headstone. This is so sad. This poor guy. His name is George. Poor George. A council has apologized to George after they discovered that he'd been grieving for his daughter at the wrong grave for 30 years because of a misplaced headstone. George Salt's daughter, Victoria, died less than two days after being born in July 1988 and was buried at Southern Cemetery in Manchester. I assume this is England. Mr. Salt said he felt let down that he found out by being faced with an empty spot where the gravestone had been. That's a terrible sentence I just read. I don't know who wrote this, but someone who has no literary skills whatsoever and who probably shouldn't be allowed to write blogs or anything for that matter, not even a... Not even a postcard. <laughs> Who writes postcards anymore anyways? Do they even sell those? Okay, so he felt... I mean, George says he felt he felt let down, which is, I think, a very calm way to, um, to react to this. I would have been so angry that this happened. I would have sued this cemetery right away. I've been, grave, I've been grieving at the wrong gravestone for 30 years. You're, you're telling me now that my daughter's body's been moved. Are you, can you be any more irresponsible, cemetery? That's your job, Cemetery. It's your only job is to keep track of where the, uh, the bodies are. That's, your own, that's the only thing you got to do. Right. I mean, how hard is that? They don't get up and they don't get up and move around in the nighttime. Okay. It's pretty easy to make sure where they are all the time. You have a little, you know, you have a map that you put, you put the names on there. I don't know how you do it, but like, it's easy, right? These people, these things aren't getting up and moving around. They're not shifting around. It's not a game of Tetris in the cemetery. That was a strange old school reference. I hope you got it. Mr. Salt's been going to the grave twice each year for 30 years. Uh, this is sad. This is sad. The headstone had been moved, his daughter's headstone had been moved in error during the 1980s to a vacant plot. But the mistake was only discovered this year when cemetery workers checked the grave records and moved it to the correct place. 
I just wasn't told, he said. I feel so let down. When you go to a grave, you sit and talk and say what your troubles are, but the annoying thing is you're, you're talking to a piece of ground where she isn't there. Oh my God, this is so sad he said that. But the, the thing is you're talking to a piece of ground where she isn't there. This guy was talking to just a patch of grass and there was nobody there. So sad. I can't even believe this poor guy. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the, the cemetery's like, our sincere apologies. They always have these empty apologies. Yeah, suck it, cemetery. Okay, this poor guy. You should pay for his therapy at this point. You should be sending him all the flowers that you have. All of them should be sent to him. You should, you should take him out for a steak dinner twice a year for all the years that he had been grieving at just a, a patch of grass where there was no daughter. Yeah, that's what you should do, you should do cemetery. I'm not in charge of rules or laws or anything like that, so it's not really up to me what happens in this case, but if it was, that's what they would have to do. They would have to feed him a steak twice a year for 30 years. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And, uh, they, you know, there ain't nothing funny about this. It's just, you know, you can't, you can't trust anything these days. It's just, that's the lesson here. You really got to do your due diligence and your due homework. You think that a dead body's in the ground, right? You think that that's where your, your relative is? Well, you got to, you got to check twice these days. Okay. You can't even trust these cemeteries. <laughs> what kind of world are we living in? I'm going to hit you with the weird AF news. That's right. It's Jonesy on the mic. All night. What's up, guys? It's Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. I was just trying to get a little, you know, just get a little hip-hop flavor in there as I roll into this little uh, segment that I call Due Diligence, where I, I say thank you to somebody, which in this case, it's Chad Newton, who donated to my Patreon. Thank you, Chad Newton. I love you. <laughs> he says, as you know, the funds are for your beer and your weed campaign. <laughs> I myself enjoy that campaign, but fancy the weed and wine campaign. Finally, and then he sent me an amazing article that I'm probably going to cover this week. Something very weird, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Mr. Chad Newton. I, I so appreciate that. Everybody who's uh, donated to my Patreon, and um, they, are, they hold a special place near and dear in my core. And if you are interested in my Patreon as well, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash weird AF news. Weird AF News is all one word scrunched together. And you can support Weird AF News by um, supporting Jonesy's uh, beer and coffee. Not weed, man. Coffee campaign. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can give Jonesy two, as little as $2 a month to uh, feed his caffeine addiction, among other things. And you get some really cool shit in there. I did a whole uh, bonus episode of B-sides of old uh, stories that I never covered. And then I, and I pranked some Floridians, which is hilarious. And I also made a video of a weird place in, um, in my neighborhood that I thought you might enjoy. And I'm going to do more of that. I'll make a video every month, prank called Floridians. That shit is funny. So if you want that extra stuff or you want to just support Weird AF News as I build this media empire, just go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews and support Jonesy and his weird, um, his weird brain. Also, you can call and email, and I just love it when I hear from people. So um, email is funnyjones at gmail.com. The number is 646-450-2012. And you can DM me at Instagram. I'm sorry, at funny. I always do that. At funny Jones on Instagram and Twitter or Comedian Jonesy on Facebook. So please reach out. Uh, you know, send me an article. I'd love to hear from that shit. 
give me some encouragement if you like the show. If you don't like the show, I'm okay with that too because it's funny and I'll read it as well. <laughs> I love insults. It's so funny. I mean, I can't take this shit seriously. I, I've, if, you have, if you've been listening to this show, you'll, you'll occasionally hear me read my bad reviews. That, but they don't even affect me. I don't even care. I just think it's so funny that people take the time to throw a stone at me. It's just so funny. It's like, oh, I have the problem? Who's the one who opened an account just to write a review on this website, you idiot? <laughs> Get a life. <laughs> like, it's called, if you don't like it, click away. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, people are weird too, and I love them, especially Floridians. Oh, yeah. If you're from Florida, you've got a special place in my heart. Please call me. I want to talk to you.